our laws as it pertains to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. And we are here taking your calls at 9842-DR-DREW, and you can get uh, notified each week when we do this show at drdrew.tv. You get a blast out from that. Uh, I've got great guests coming in today. Uh, don't forget, I've got Dr. Drew After Dark, which I do with Christina P., who you meet in just a minute, uh, and also Tom Segura sometimes in there from your mom's house. They are from that. Uh, also, if you didn't already do a show with Adam Carolla every day and uh, the Adam and Drew show. And then, uh, of course, Ask Dr. Drew on, on uh, Sundays. And uh, we're doing a, a daily stream every day where I watch your restream comments and try to give you coronavirus updates, which I will give you in just a second. Uh, you can find that at Facebook.com slash Dr. Drew or also Dr. Drew Periscope or YouTube.com slash Dr. Drew. We're also on Mixer and Twitch. And um, also, I'm doing a nightly show on uh, Fox 11 at 7 o'clock with uh, Alex Michelson. We're, we give an update and have interesting guests from particularly what's going on Loki in Southern California. This episode of Diet Dr. Drew is courtesy of Hydrolyte, available at hydrolyte.com slash Dr. Drew. And also a shout out to Needle Destruction Device. Again, I can't say enough about this thing. We've been off it because of the whole corona thing. But needles are a major, major problem. And this incinerates needles down to a non-biohazardous little nub. And, of course, our friends at Blue Mics. We'll have more about that at the break. So um, before I welcome our guest, uh, let me give you a little corona update. We are at 122,000 cases uh, on this particular corona tracker, 137 at Johns Hopkins. Uh, we are doing pretty well in many states, and New York obviously is really struggling. Uh, we put up a video yesterday. Susan, maybe we had to put that up again. Uh, that a physician put together from a guy that works in the ICU in the busiest Corona hospital in the in the city of Los, of New York, and he was saying he feels very very confident about things. He feels like we will meet the needs of the of even that city, but uh, he had some advice uh, about keeping your hands away from your face. He feels that's the main unit of transmission. Which video are you talking about? Uh, the Vimeo we gave out yesterday oh, that Vimeo. I texted to you. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I think it's worth your I'll do watch. It. I'm on the restream. So, uh, again, these are getting to be scary numbers, of course, uh, and we always knew we would get here. The question is, where does it go from here? And uh, I, I'm going to suggest that the monumental effort our country is making and that particularly several states are making is it can, it's going to keep things down. If you c consider uh, L.A. County here where we live, we're just 1,800 cases in a county of 10 million. That's doing pretty well. It's doing pretty well. They have a little hospitalization rate that's higher than usual, and I don't know why. We'll have to kind of see if we can get that down. But this week, I've been saying this all along, but what you're going to hear about this week is treatment and testing. Those are the two big topics that you want to hear about next week. How, what kind of testing we can do, how we're going to do more diagnostic testing of the presence of the virus for people even with milder symptoms, and how are we going to do serological testing to detect the antibodies to see who's had this thing. So we can begin to sort of plan for who and where people can begin to turn, return to work. And then, of course, therapies, treatments. Large-scale studies are underway right now, and I suspect we'll open some of those up if they're looking good and begin to come out with treatments that will reduce the hospitalization rate, reduce the ICU rate, reduce the need for ventilators, and maybe reduce the viral shedding, which would be a dramatic thing. Um, 
So let me, how long do I think New York to turn this tide? It's going to be a couple of weeks in New York, but I, th- I think you may, it's, 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 it's not the thing you gotta, you gotta kind of look behind the numbers a little bit. You're not seeing a, a, an uptick, a rate of change increase. It's arithmetic in terms of it's pretty steady every day. You're not seeing an increase in the numbers of tests of uh, results, even as you're doing, I'm not saying this right. You're not seeing an increase in the rate of increase of cases, even when you're seeing more testing. So it's, it's arithmetic, not logarithmic. You're not seeing, you're not seeing this, you're seeing this. So let me welcome my guest to the show. From uh, my podcast, Dr. Drew After Dark, we have Christina P. She's also Tom Segura's wife and the other half of Hi. your mom's house. And then we have Leanne Kreischer. Leanne, of course, Bert's wife. She is uh, with Christina. They do Where Your Mom's At, right? Yes? We do occasionally, yes. Occasionally? Tell me more about yeah, that. Yeah, we don't always do occasional guest. Uh, yes. It seems like you guys are always well. Th- those are the ones I tune into a lot. So I'm sorry, sorry, Christina. Uh, so let me she give. She has her own podcast, Wife of the Party. Yes, Wife of the Party. You can follow Leanne at L E E A N N W O T P on Twitter and L Kreischer K R E I S C H E R on Instagram, and then Christina is Christina P on Twitter and, and the the Christina P on Instagram. And you guys are holding up, main mommies. Yeah. Well, so I far, have so good. twenty. I have a 20 month old and a four year old and, uh, yeah, so we're exhausted and we cook all day long. Mm. Um, I, I pretend like I'm on retirement. So I just do stuff that I'm going to do when I retire. (laughs) I learn recipes. Um, that's it, man. What about you? What are you doing, Leanne? Well, homeschooling a lot. I have a 13, a 15 and a 47 year old. (laughs) (laughs) how's he doing yesterday we did how's Bert doing yeah he's actually doing pretty well all things considered you know he has OCD really in this particular arena never noticed noticed? (laughs) (laughs) in this particular um I guess moment we're in in life with quarantining he is down for that He's like, yep, lock it down. Nobody goes out. Nobody does anything. Yep. He can wrap his head around that for whatever reason. So, you know, he's always got a bottle of hand sanitizer in his front. Oops. Ready mm-hmm. for bear. I don't know. <laughs> well, what is he doing? Is he cooking a lot? Is he exercising? Is he yes. drinking yes. a lot? What's he doing? No, no, no good. No drinking. Good. No, he had a no drinking. He's he's had one drink. We had a virtual cocktail hour with some friends where we FaceTimed three other couples and had one cocktail. But other than that, nice. since he got off the tour bus, he's had no drinks at all. So, he, you know, nice. I did his podcast last week. I don't know if it's up yet, but he was telling me about his uh, change of heart when it comes to he, he felt he was losing control over it a little bit and he wanted to get it back in control. And he did. It's good. I think so. I think he, he was running at a pace that would be hard for almost anybody to maintain. So I think when he gets in that place, he drinks a lot. Mm. That's how he manages his stress. So maybe and, not the best way to manage your stress, but that's how he does it. And Christina, how's Tom doing? He's great. His special um, just came out on Netflix this week. So he's just been taking, you know, the press calls and like been crazy that way. But, um, you know, like he and I have been on lockdown for the last 
four years with children. So this feels really familiar. Yeah. I mean, other than not being able to do stand up comedy, our lot and travel, like our lives haven't changed significantly. <laughs> we just hang around with the kids and fart around and make fart jokes and watch movies and stuff. I'm just looking at right. my... I'm, it is very much yeah. similar. I'm looking at my yeah. text with uh, Tom. He's ruined me, you know. <laughs> you know that, right? You're aware of that? Ruined you how? You mean improved you. I, oh, you I, mean I, enriched I, your life, Doctor. He's enriched my awakened? life. Awakened? Uh, awakened. Uh, awakened the, awaken the inner 14-year-old, I think, is what he's done. And so... That's amazing. Yeah, maybe... Um, and, and his latest little volley with me was, uh, ab about, uh, before 90 days on TLC. Yeah. We're really into that show right now. Yeah. And I'm guessing you're also into the tiger King. Oh, come on. Yeah. That's been there. Totally. Yeah, right. It's the best. And, and I, I'm, I'm just shocked. I didn't get texts and calls from you guys about that. Those characters. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, every single person that was on meth, every person that has meth now. I was talking to my sisters in law, and they were like, I don't understand what's wrong with their teeth. And I went, Oh, honey child. <laughs> All you got to do is go to my hometown, and you know exactly what's wrong with those teeth. It's meth. It it's is meth. meth. 100%. Yeah. It's so sad. I feel like there are two real heroes during this whole pandemic. It's that show, the Tiger Guys. Joe Exotica. <laughs> Joe Exotica is the one yeah. hero. And my husband, I think a lot of people, it's good three. My husband's special. People love that. I, I'm telling and you, it made my day the day. And Bert's too, I got to tell you. Bert's, I got too oh, early. Yeah, that made my big day. But then Anthony Fauci, let's put them all three together. And the CDC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and the, the naked guy with the huge hog that everybody's Oh, yes. Me. Thank you for those pictures, oh. too. Yeah. You're That's welcome. been fun. Well, yes. Really you know what happened? Do you know what happened the first time I received that photograph from my friend, Christina P? Mm -hmm. I was on a plane going to Bert's tour bus mm -hmm. and, uh, and I got this text. There's a coronavirus in, in uh, Woodland Hills, which is where my daughter goes to school. And I went, oh my God, oh my God, that's terrible. So I couldn't open the link, which mm -hmm. was this um, very this, handsome, very well endowed, large gen man. Gentleman. And I just forwarded it to my... 16-year-old daughter. Oh, my went, God. Coronavirus at your school. I can't open the link, but I thought I'd let you know. I forwarded oh, it to no. her and some moms <laughs> and said the same thing. I can't open the link, but I thought I'd let you know. And then Who did you send it to? Mom friends. I sent it to some other moms that go to Georgia's high school and to Georgia. Oh, my and God. so a few minutes later, one of my mom friends texted me back and said, I think your friend is playing a prank on you. <laughs> and I still couldn't open the link. So I was like, what does this mean? What is, I don't know what this means. And I finally got some good Wi-Fi, opened the link and went, oh, my God, I have sent this to my daughter. I have just traumatized <laughs> my daughter. Thank you, Push. Thank you, Christina, for traumatizing through me. You're welcome. Georgia, I mean, Aww. it was. I no. called Georgia. Was like, I am so sorry. Leanne, you have to open it before you send it. I even put. I couldn't it. open it. You've never done anything that like that to me before. So you've never like pranked me like that. 
Oh, come on. It can't be. <laughs> it cannot be. That's not the way she and I... <laughs> well, you've, you've raised the stakes in this relationship. <laughs> Congratulations, Dan. You're in. I, and, and if you expect right. sympathy from the Segura family at large, you are sorely mistaken. Because when they nail you in some sort of horrible yeah. way, they just feel yes. great about it. Both of them. I know. Well, I've... I've been witnessing this like secondhand with Bert. Oh yeah, right. right. But I'd never been the recipient well, personally. Congratulations, you you stepped up in their eyes. Listen, if Tom and I send you something horrifying, it means we love you and you're in the circle. We don't send it to squares, okay? Well, this the question would be: Did you think I was a square until like six months ago? <laughs> squares. I just made it in. <laughs> squares. You don't send it to squares. <laughs> what is the matter with you? Leanne, you're always cool, but now you're even cooler. The key so is cool. now you have you have to you have to pay it forward. That's how it goes. You well, you know, hey, Christina, tell people if, if you know this, my restream is usually people that join us on it. We're gonna take some excuse me, take some calls in just a second. And it's usually people who join us on the restream, um, on this this stream we do every day where we're just updating coronavirus. So obviously today we're trying to clear our pal a little bit, do something a little bit different. And uh, maybe all lighten up a bit. But if, if people aren't familiar with you and your mom's house, tell them about it. And then Leanne will have you do the same thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so your mom's house is a podcast my husband, Tom Segura, and I do. And we did it. We started doing it eight years ago. And basically, if you like seventh grade humor, do you like farts? <laughs> do you like talking about farts? Do you like... Um, Smelling do, farts? Do you like smelling no do you like also really immature videos and cool guys then we're your lane and and we call our show a safe space in that we can say whatever the hell we want so uh and, so that's my show and then yeah. you're and you have two netflix shows out right i do uh my special mother inferior there's i move my head that's one comedy special and then the degenerates on netflix and, and then, if I ever get to do stand up again, there'll be another one. <laughs> and before your stand up career, you were a you were a goth chick. Yeah, I was. I was goth um, since uh, from the age of thirteen to about twenty three, and I wore black and uh, velvet capes in the middle of summer in the San Fernando Valley. Oh my god! And, um, <laughs> I, you must have smelled it, awesome. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, and patent leather black pants which are not very porous either Ooh. and I, I would wear I would buy my goth makeup once a year at the halloween store because they didn't have hot topic back it was a, it was please, it was like being Amish or something please find pictures for us please yeah you got oh it my God. you got it and then you leanne your pod wife of the party wife of the party i started wife of the party two years ago it's a hang out with two, usually two friends. Sometimes we're topic driven. Sometimes we just hang out. Um, but definitely I'd say 99% of my friends are moms. So we end up talking about mom stuff a lot, but, uh, we talk about sex. We talk about money. We talk about real estate. We talk about lunch boxes. So it's just kind of a free form <laughs> hangout conversation. All kind right, you guys, I've got a ton of great calls coming in here. So hold on. Let's get to it. Here we go. Yep. 
Okay. Wait. Can I ask you a couple of coronavirus questions yes, please. Go ahead. before we go? Go, go. Uh, the malaria drug they say is promising right now. What's the deal? What's so it called? The Quantum deal is... Uh, they they have used it in France to great effect. Uh, the research oh. there looks remarkable. The research in China is looking less enthusiastic. There is mm. regionally huge enthusiasm for it to the point where doctors were using it routinely and taking it themselves prophylactically. I know of many cases of that. So, you know, it's so much so that in New York State, uh, Como has outlawed the distribution through the pharmacy unless that somebody's in a clinical trial. So those clinical trials should be coming out next, should be preliminarily available next week, I think. The It, it runs between extreme enthusiasm and sort of meh. So we'll have to see what objectively is going on. It, it does have many antiviral properties. It does seem to reduce the viral production. So it may, if it, if it shows that it can reduce hospitalization rate, ICU utilization, and infectivity, it'd be huge, huge. So that's the stuff to look for next week. It, I, I, my, my bet is it's going to be in between, right? It, it's going to be probably, probably very effective in some cases, but not predictably so. I suspect okay. that's it. And what about what about Amazon boxes? I have a, quite an Amazon problem, and um, <laughs> although it's not a problem if you can afford it, that's what I say. But uh, what do I do? Do I have to stop? So cardboard is, uh, there's mixed data on cardboard, but let's just say this, the surface data is a lot of data on the viral survival on surfaces. It survives on metal, it survives on plastic, it probably does survive on uh, cardboard. 48 hours, 72 hours is generally about as long as it survives anywhere. But there was some data on one of the cruise ships that showed that it survived 17 days. And what wow. I would say about all the, the, the surface data is there's very little evidence it gets transmitted that way. We should be super duper diligent about it, but the evidence suggests that almost all of this is droplet or our hands to our face. And that's about it. And it has to be prolonged exposure too. It's not, it's not quick. So, um, you know, people are asking me about Fauci and his predictions this morning. He was predicting a million cases, which I think is not unreasonable. I and mean, we have 24 million cases of the flu every year. So for us to have less than a million of this, we would wonder why we did this if we have less than a, much less than a million. But he predicted 100,000 deaths. I'm going to say that that we will get down in this country. That, that presumes a 10% fatality rate or a 1% fatality rate. And uh, at a million cases, that would be a 10% fatality rate. So I'm not sure what he's saying because we are nowhere near that. So I'm going to say we're going to do better than that. So anyway, it's uh, with the thing to watch out for your hands. Uh, Susan, have you put up that Vimeo yet of the doctor talking about those issues? Yes, I have. Okay, so look for it on the, on the restream here. But don't here. go to it now. Wait till after the show. Right, right, right. Christina, other questions? No, oh, wait, wait, I didn't tell you. Um, I didn't tell you what to do yet. So here's what you yes. do. You bring your stuff in. You don't bring it in the kitchen. You don't put it places where it can contaminate stuff. You open what's in there. You wash your hands. You take out what's in there. You open the packages. Sort of, there, there's some videos out there on how to handle, how to pr handle surgical products even. You sort of, you handle it, but you don't touch the actual thing that's inside. You sort of spill it out somewhere. Wash your hands again, and then go at it. So in other words, the, the cardboard, right. assume the cardboard is contaminated and assume what's inside is contaminated. Somebody put something inside there, right? So just be careful, that's all. Lots of hand washing. Is it okay? okay? We've been with our Amazon, we've been 
taking our Amazon box and putting it in the garage for two days. And then you can opening do it with like rubber gloves and then throw away the rubber gloves and then take yeah. out what's inside. Yeah, that's fine. But remember what's inside was put in there by somebody too. So that should be, you know, dealt with. So. Okay. Mm. Anything else, okay. Christina? I have a question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, why, uh, if you've had the virus, do you still need to get tested for having had the virus? Or you should why, to make sure that's you... what you had. If you know you had the virus, then you're done. The only thing you would test for is, are you still producing virus to see if you were infectious to anybody else? That's it. I see. Um, so that's why it's important to see if you're infectious to someone else. Well, yeah. And, and also, if you're still producing virus, you should really take it easy because there's been some recurrences. People always ask about reinfections. Mm -hmm. It's not reinfections. There are recurrences in people that keep producing the virus. And again, that, that's how this gets infective is somebody's producing virus that doesn't know it. But isn't it true that okay. a lot of people probably had it and didn't know it? Well, that's we think, but we have to prove that. That's where the antibody testing will come in, and that needs to be done like crazy. Uh, and those are rapid tests. They take like five minutes or a finger stick. We have to get that going. It's like a pregnancy test. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what, what's the ETA on that one? Uh, on again, rapid. look for next week, being the week that people talk about these things. Dog, excuse me. I got to go uh, throw my dog in the L.A. River. I'll be right back. Nice. Congratulations. Oh, they want they want to know about RPC. We no, Christina has had contact with them. When she gets back from killing her dog, we'll tell you about it. So here we go. Um, Christina. What people are asking on the restream here, what about RPC? How's he doing? Robert Paul Champagne. Yes, Robert Paul Champagne. So Josh Potter is in contact with him and he is absolutely fine. Josh said that he doesn't seem to be aware of what's going on <laughs> in the outside world. Surprise, surprise. Um, and the irony is that now we are all living just like Robert Paul Champagne. That, that is, I, well, I, would, I wouldn't say just like if you watch the video, there's a few things that were a little different. And uh, yeah. are we ever going to drop the uh, tour that I did with him? I know we were trying to be kind Drop to him. We never, we never put that up. Yeah, I think they're working on it. I think there was a reason. But well, the reason uh, was he was all that. he was upset with us, and we didn't want him to be upset. Okay, well, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna check on it because that the tour was impressive. I wore some yeah. of the gear. I put some of the gear on the the RPC gear. Wow! It was a courageous wow. moment. How did it feel? <laughs> uh, the Oh, I can't remember the the kid who was recording things. He never got over it. He was never the same. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah, yeah. All right, let's yeah. get some calls. He's one of a kind. You got lots okay. of calls here, so let's get to them, and you guys can help me answer them. This is uh, Catherine. She's calling from Indiana. Catherine, go ahead. Uh oh, we're getting a weird sound. Can you hear but not that sound? Yes. What is that? The fire alarm. <laughs> Sounds like a dog barking. Hold on a I second. Mean, a dog barfing. Let me make sure. Catherine, are you there? Feels like we're not getting into the. Oh, you know what? Here, let's do this. Hold on, Catherine. Keep talking. I'm going to put her All back right. in the queue. I know it's wrong. I will get to her in a second. Let me fix it. I will do that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of enjoying quarantine. Is that horrible? But I feel like I am enjoying it. I know a lot of people well, I that are. It. I yeah. can't. I, I'm. I have trouble not being able to look forward. It's really troubling. Maybe to it me. was that caller. Might have just yeah. been that caller. Yeah. 
Well, let me try another call. Try a different one. This one, I want you guys to help Let's this, see if this, works. this gentleman. His name is Anthony, if I can get him up here. An Anthony, you there? Nope. Damn it. Something's wrong. Anthony, oh, it's what that weird sound that? again. What happened? It's a very weird sound <laughs> that we get instead of our callers. Hold on, Anthony and Catherine, everybody else. We will get to it. Yeah. Sounds like Eric the Midget. Oh. I can't, I don't hear a sound. Should we no? just Stoic says he is just glassing, Christina, just glassing. Yeah. Um, Keep mine tight. When do we anticipate the curve? When do we think things will flatten? I think yeah, it depends where happening. you are. Uh, I think, so again, I've said this before, the local epidemiology is going to be more important than national epidemiologies for figuring out what's going on around you. I think California is doing very well. I really do. Should New York be quarantined? I don't have an opinion about that. I don't really understand the effects of quarantine. I mean, one of, the, one of the things that would do would be prevent people from New York leaving and going to other states and then seeding other states, which they have been doing. You watch the southern Florida numbers are going up as New Yorkers mm -hmm. flee to Florida. But on the other hand, if they're having a problem with hospital beds in Florida, let people leave New York. I mean, excuse me, in New York, let them go somewhere else where they're not having a problem with hospital beds. You know what I mean? Does that make sense, guys? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Did you see that thing about the, the cell phones? in um, like spring break in Flor Fort Lauderdale, was it? It shows like the cell phone usage during spring break, it's all lit up. And then what happens after spring break is those people disperse across the country. And that's how the virus spreads. Perfect. Fascinating. Wow. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect no, is right. Uh, oh let's see. Toddy, how is California not doing well? We have, um, I'll have to give you the number of cases we have here in California. We have in California in a, State of 60 million, we have 4,000 cases. How, how are we not doing that's well? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, how is that not doing well? Uh, this, this is, I'm sure will be challenged. I'm sure it will go up from here, but uh, that is a very light case, case rate. Okay. Hmm. Drew, try again. We, we were muting earlier because you guys were talking and we were just goofing around over here. All Give right. A shot again. Let's try, try Anthony again. again. Anthony, can you hear us? Anthony? Uh, I hate to let this go. It's like we have to reset the whole thing, I guess. I don't know. Well, we got 15 callers on the line there. Maybe maybe Lindsay can get everybody's oh. number and call them back. No, no, it'll be fine. Oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're working on it. Uh, look at deaths Where in California. Okay, hang so. on. Let me look at deaths in California. <laughs> deaths know, in California right? are 100. Again, 100 deaths. This is a state that has thousands of flu deaths every year. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, the, we're uh, at, uh, the, we have we have the lowest case fat. We have one of the flattest lowest per capita case fatality rates in the country. So we should uh, celebrate right. certain. Yeah, certain things are. I mean, I'm sure it's going to get worse, but let's celebrate the progress we're making by all this massive effort. Uh, Anthony, you there? Anthony's still not there. I'm going to return. Dr. Drew, what do you think about Easter? Isn't Trumpy saying by Easter? Yeah, I, I think by Easter, some places may. Here's what we have to have. You have to have testing. You have to have the testing of who yeah. is positive. You have to have testing of who's immune. And there has to be some way of identifying these people. And then some sort of technology. They did this in South Korea. They used technology to alert people if they were coming near somebody who, was, who had a virus. And uh, so if you were somebody that tested for the antibody, you don't have to worry about it. So we'll see. I mean, I would just see how we deploy that here. 
Uh, I love that. Let's do that. I know. We've got to do something yeah. like that. That's how we're going to get out. I don't see that. There's no way New York's going to be out by Easter, but maybe parts of, let's look at the map where there's very low incidence. Like I mean, there's, Iowa or like yeah. North Dakota. Yeah. I mean, there's certain areas <laughs> that are, right. There's certain areas that we're looking at a uh, very low rate, yeah. or at least you're going to keep track yeah. of what's there. Yeah, the Dakotas. I can't wait to test myself. I swear I've had it before. I feel like I've had it. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be a relief to find that yeah. out? Yeah, really? I would kind of want to get it. Let's get it now just to get it over with, everybody. Like like chicken pox. Somebody just spit That's in my I fucking said, mouth yes. already. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <sighs> well, it, it's a nasty flu, and it, and it it is worse than the average flu, for sure. But uh, who knows where we're going to end up with it. Let me try calls one more time. Oh, well, there's still. Let me look at the restream then and see what questions you guys have. Uh, the Corona guidelines from the vice president are set to expire on Tuesday. Will there be a re-up? Yeah, there'll be some sort of. That's where I'm hoping the testing sort of thing comes into the their new their new recommendations. Like who should get? We need more testing. We need broader testing. So, oh my goodness, uh, people keep asking about spinal cord injuries as though. That is anything, look, if you're a spinal cord injury, you're at risk for everything, right? Because things don't go as, if you've had a C-spine C fracture or even a lumbar fracture, you can have complications that the average person doesn't have. So, of course, that is a pre-existing condition that makes pneumonia that much more challenging. But it's not specifically a risk category like being over 65. Mm. Oh, Dr. Drew, I heard that if you have blood type A, that's supposed to be bad, too. Yeah, I think that's nonsense, asso right? association, not causation. I think we got to, mm. I've not heard any real, real data on that yet. And uh, so I'm, I'm skeptical about that. Uh, all right, let me look through. Have you guys been sexually active during this uh, time? I, I find myself not wanting to be very... I'm not. Are you? Look at Leanne. Really? Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. I figure wow. we are. We're quarantined together. What else are you gonna do? That's you know? that was we, what guess, that was what I heard from my wife. What else are we gonna do? It's pretty. It's pretty inspiring. We're cooking. <laughs> it's pretty inspiring. Yeah, we're cooking. <laughs> uh, we're cooking. You know, we're cooking in the yeah. kitchen and we're cooking. Susan, get on mic so, here. They're asking about. Uh, Oh, she's too busy with the phone thing. Kind of a vacation, a stay-at-home staycation, right? I, I can't, I can't get my mood where it should be, though. I got to tell you guys. I, I I'm here. What's either. wrong? What's wrong, honey? What's the matter? They were asking about uh, sexual activity and uh, whether there was more or less than average, <laughs> and why. She's laughing. Oh, um, Susan. Well, you're home more. Yeah. So what else are you gonna do? I told you guys. And you're on my rhythms now because you're home. It's not nine o'clock at night, so you are getting a little more lately. I think no. Yeah, not with my kids. I think our kids are sucking the life force. Yeah, out that's, of us. that's oh, a different story. They do that for moms yeah. for sure. Yeah. Somebody wants to know, yeah, Christina, what age. what uh, brand of lipstick are you wearing? <laughs> oh, very important question. Uh, thank you for asking. It is a Smashbox infrared. I know infrared Smashbox stays on for hours. So we're we're having problems with the connection on our Bluetooth. So we may have to restart the studio, and then all everybody who called in oh, can dear. call right back because your questions will still be up there. They'll pop up because we're, why don't we try Anthony one more time? Okay, I'll try one more time. Are so, you saying you you mean restart the caller system, not restart yeah, the show? It's it's not connecting. All right, Anthony, can you hear us? 
Did you turn? Did you? Uh, yes, I can. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well Yay. done. All Jill right, was trying. Go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> hey, it's great to uh, talk with you guys. Um, I love all you guys. Um, Dr. Drew, I've been a huge fan forever, and uh, Leanna and Christina, big fans from your podcast. And I think this would be right Thank up you. your guys' alley. Um, I've had uh, Dr. Drew, thanks for talking about your anxiety. Um, I've had a panic disorder my whole life, misdiagnosed uh, most of my life. But um, about 20 years ago, they uh, have your doggy too. Um, like 20 years ago, I, I found a great support group and uh, I stopped having panic attacks and it changed my lifestyle and uh, everything's great. But I still have this one uh, kind of irrational fear. Uh, I had a lot of irritable bowel problems and um, I might have crapped myself a couple of times. Uh-oh. So I have like this irrational fear of driving with anybody or being on the freeway when I can't get off or I haven't asked a woman out in like 20 years because of this. I'm just wondering if you guys had any, uh, you understand Christina would, Christina would, uh, see this as a, a mark of deep passion potentially. Oh, now she's off. Now they're off. Can can I tell you that? Go ahead, Christina. You got it. I actually had, um, a phobia of vomiting. I had a metaphobia and I would go when my anxiety was really high, I would be afraid of eating something and then getting on the freeway in LA because I was convinced that I would get diarrhea on the freeway. And then it would like, and so right. the whole time I was on the freeway, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. And basically I had to break up with a boyfriend. And after I broke up with him, that kind of went away. So, but I don't know, Dr. Drew, you're the doctor. I just want you to know that it's, I've done that too. I think that's like, You guys were separated at birth. You had to break up with the boyfriend. Why? I was living with this guy and we were just going south. It was I like I had nothing to do with the, the freeway poopoos phobia, <laughs> right? It it did. It, it it agitated my anxiety. That uh, was I the see. root of my anxiety is this poor relationship. So once I, I broke see. up with the guy, the emetophobia calmed down. I see. Interesting. That is an interesting point how sometimes something else in your life isn't going well and all your other symptoms sort of like I go the other direction, like they peek out the other side because you haven't taken care of something that you need to take care of. That's really interesting. Right. So what do you recommend for Anthony? Wait, so the fear, Anthony, so sorry. So how is it impeding your life? He has irritable bowel. You're afraid he's, he's had some incontinence once or twice. He's a fearful that's yeah. going to happen during a, during a date or something or riding in a car with someone. And so he doesn't have dates. Do you, you don't have dates at all? Mm-mm. Do you have like a, a method? What do you do when your IBS comes on? Can you tell when it's going to come on? What are the triggers? Honestly, um, it really, I haven't had an issue with it in years, but I still have a phobia. I even carry around like supplies in my car in case it happens. Uh, I have a change of clothes. It's never actually happened, but I still, oh. like I couldn't imagine driving with somebody because well. I always have to know like where the nearest Starbucks is or where I can pull off just in case. Well, the the way to get over stuff like this is exposure, exposure therapy. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you, that's why you got to get up on the horse. And if, you guys have any ideas how he might sort of inch into this? Maybe he should ask somebody out for a limited time frame, just coffee. Because if you, mm-hmm. no, you know, not coffee. Yeah, coffee but you know, there's a bath, but there's a bathroom there. You know what I mean? If you if you go to the bathroom <laughs> in a coffee shop, it's not that big a deal. It's sort of that's, that's what everyone does. Funny. 
I think, well, you know, Bert has a little bit of this. If he feels like he's being forced into doing something, suddenly he's got to go. So sometimes, like, if we're going uh, to someone's house and we're running late, suddenly he has to go to the bathroom. So I kind of, like, I I kind of buffer in time and uh, kind of say, how about you go to the bathroom? See if you need to go to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom before we leave. So any of that couldn't really happen because you're already, he's already empty in theory. He's pretty it. much empty. So, so I, the, and you so, see how these yeah, things, he's, these things all, you know, the OCD phobias, panic, anxiety, they all go together. Yes. They all kind of are yes. overlapping syndromes. And, uh, but exposure, I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking for a, a book. I can't find it right now. It's called dare. It's essentially about leaning into panic and anxiety. Uh, the guy's name is like McDonough that wrote the book. And uh, I would recommend that book to you. Have you seen it, Anthony? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, I'll Dare. Into it. Dare, it's about panic and anxiety. And uh, and then take the advice of the latest here and uh, start to inch out into some sort of structured environment. I suspect there's more anxiety about the dating than just the irritable bowel because uh, that's a skill you got to develop. So... <laughs> you got to have you got to do it eventually so here we go uh yeah and anthony just one thing sorry before we go on find a place you want to take her like a restaurant that's like a safe haven toilet we all have these in public you know you're i i like roman's bookstore in pasadena that's got that's a nice toilet find a place that's got a safe haven <laughs> toilet a public that you feel you can get diarrhea at and then take her there, but don't tell her that. So obviously. if you should you run into Christina P at Roman, do you know what she's doing there? <laughs> <laughs> she's drinking coffee. Toilet. That's right. yeah. Coffee shop That's up right. front there. My books. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> you take your book in with you. Catherine. Hi. Hey there. Hello. Hi. Hi I have a question um, regarding the baby making process with my boyfriend. So should I expect any challenges? Uh, he had testicular cancer. Uh, about senior of high school, and then he, after that, he had like I think it was cancer, like an abdominal lining or something. Oof. He ended up having one testicle removed. Um, and I've we've probably been we've known each other for years, been dating for about one year, but I'm just looking for the future. Expect any challenges? Uh, no more so than usual. One one testy will do the job, uh, unless he had something in terms of the treatment that uh, rendered that uh, problematic. But you can have normal fertility with one testy, so don't worry about that. And certainly normal function, that kind of thing. Uh, let's talk to Daniel. Daniel, what's up? Hey, Doctor Drew, what's up? Hey, man. Hey. Um. So I didn't mean to like. You know, pedal backward to the uh, old topic of the coronavirus. No, no, it's I fine. Am, uh, right. People, that's what we're all thinking about. So why not? Go ahead. All right, cool. Um, I'm also going to have another question for uh, the mommies. Hi, Christina. Hi, Leanne. <laughs> hi, Jim. But um, hi. So um, I, I'm a pot smoker, and I know it's a respiratory thing. So I was curious to know if it affects you know cannabis smokers like it does cigarette smokers. I I kind of cut that out and started doing edibles. Just, right. You know, I think that's safe. very smart. Uh, anything in the lungs appears yeah. to adversely impact this thing. Anything. So mm-hmm. whether it's vaping or cannabis okay. or tobacco, it all seems bad. Okay. Now, as far as the shortness of breath goes, um, does that, can that occur prior to the fever and the coughing or does that happen? And then it's the shortness of breath. Typically, and if that does occur. What's a good, 
Oh, oh, what's a good way to measure your shortness of breath? Okay, great question. Watch watch that Vimeo video that we put up on the restream. Susan, maybe put it up again because uh, he talks about those okay. sorts of things. But uh, yes, it is typically, I mean, it can have all kinds of protein manifestation. It can, it can be just gastroenterological. It can start with diarrhea, start with fever, start with cough, start with shortness of breath. But typically, it's fever, chills, cough, shortness of breath. And the the way to assess yourself, people are having so much anxiety now that everyone's like, I think I'm short of breath. I'm like, I'm short of breath. Christina was short of breath, right? <laughs> Christina called me. I'm like, I think I'm short of breath. I'm like, I'm short of breath. Yeah. Bert's been holding his breath. Bert was holding his breath? He's been holding his breath and counting to see oh. if he can hold his breath. I've literally been doing that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll be taking the deepest breath as I can. I'm like, is that the shortest? Is, that, is, that, is it shorter than the last one? Like, I don't want to psych myself out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the deal. If you are, so shortness of breath is also called dyspnea. Like you can't catch your breath. If you can't walk okay. to the bathroom without feeling short of breath, you need to go to the hospital. If you, when you talk to somebody, you're gasping between each word, that needs to go to the hospital. If you are feeling just a okay. little tight in the chest and like kind of like, I think I'm a little short of breath, keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. Okay? Okay. All right, buddy. Now, all right, now for the, uh, I have a question for the mommies real quick. Of course. Um, so my sister-in-law is potty training her daughter. Do you guys have any good advice as to like would be a good practice for her? Oh, oh, you have boy. girls, man. You take this one because boys are different than girls. Are they with the potty training? It's been a long time. Really? Yeah, are they? I, think I don't so. know. I've, I've never potty trained. We did. A boy. We did triplets. We did triplets, and it was all oh, pretty much so strapped everybody in in the morning, and they yeah, pooed. Jordan wouldn't stop till he was four. Mm. Remember? Yeah. He'd hold it all day at preschool well, and then get in the car and crap his pants. <laughs> oh, poor guy. I know. I just hear that boys take longer. Like, yes. uh, my older boy didn't want to do it. And then one day, when he was about three and a half, he was like, I want to go poopoo on the toilet. Right. That that, that's that what happened with Jordan, too. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, with my girls, we, it's been a long time. My youngest is 13. So, I think we potty trained both of them at about two and a half years old. And, it was just about being really consistent. You know, as soon as you wake up in the morning, go to the potty. And then as, as soon as they drink something a few minutes later, go to the potty. Just about being really diligent and structured. really consistent. Structured, yeah. And very structured. Clearly, Bert did not run that game in my house. What? <laughs> ran that game entirely. <laughs> wow. Um, it took Georgia a lot longer to be comfortable to poop on the potty. So that took her a while. She did not want to do that. Um, but... Once we took her diapers off, we were done. We didn't do pull-ups. We didn't do, like, just in case if she peed her pants, then we cleaned her pants. You know, we put new pants on. We didn't do that. I felt it, might, it was my opinion that gave a mixed message, right? A half yeah, diaper is still right. a diaper. So we just <laughs> were like... Okay. We're, we're putting on some big girl panties. Yeah, and she rely on her to tell her or like to warn her when she needs to go. But by the time she tells her, she already goes, you know? So I guess, no, yeah, I the, the schedule were, thing would work out. I think, yeah, I think they're too young to even know that. You kind of have to take the lead and say, I think yeah. now's a good time to try to go. And, you know, yeah. and it's okay. kind of scientific. If they've just drank a big glass of juice, then pretty soon they're going to need to go to the bathroom. Well, there is also something yeah. called the gastrocolic reflex, which is um, 
when you take something warm and large into your stomach, your colon pushes stuff through a little bit. So maybe you take it. That's sort of what Leanne's talking about. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's talk to Joe. Hang on a second. Oh, I can't get. Mm. Yeah, let me try. I got it. Hi, Joe. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hi. What's happening? How's it going, everyone? Good. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. How's it doing? I'm so, I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm not there. I'm here. but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my question, my question for you guys is, and Dr. Drew, you mentioned on wanting to keep it light this episode. Um, Adam Carolla on your show mentioned that um, when he was going on a hike, he saw people having sort of a change of heart and things like that. So this is more of like a personal question for all of you. What are some changes you hope or would like to see come out of this socially or consciously? A, I guess a, they're not really it's a great uh, question. mutually exclusive, but what changes do you think will happen and what would what, what would you like to see come out of it? And Joe, do we know you from Little Father, Spain, yeah. Little Spain, a Hudson Yards in New York City? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get the bar. Up, but yeah, that's what you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, are, are they are they keeping you are they keeping you guys employed? What what's happening? Is the things open there? What? How's it um, again? More of a positive story. Um, <laughs> Jose Andres decided to um, pay us for a month. Uh, where I'm a tipped employee, so they took an average of what we made in the last sixty days, and they're paying that for a month, and they're giving us our health benefits. So, uh, and when I found that out, I I, I cried over my phone. Mm. But um, yeah. He, He's an incredible. Yeah. Well, uh, we miss we miss it. Yeah. I miss being the mayor of the bar. Oh uh, well, you'll we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But it, he, Joe asked a really great question though, and uh, Adam was talking about that he saw people sort of greeting each other, being a little more cordial and, and sort of warmer to each other. What? How? We're not going to be the same after this. How do you How do you think things are going to change, Christina? Well, what I hope will happen. I'm actually the opposite of Adam here in that I hope this suffering makes us lighten the fuck up. Excuse me, am I allowed yeah. to curse? No, lighten yeah. the F up. Um, you know, the best comedy rooms in the world are AA rooms because yeah. they've been there and they've done that and they laugh at everything. And I think we were getting really uptight in this country before this all went down. And I'm hoping that people will start to like lighten up and be like oh this we're not here forever you know this yeah, is temporary or the, the things that seemed important aren't so important but my fear yeah. is my fear is that they're going to look back at this thing and one group is going to go hey we kicked this thing's butt we did it it's american innovation <laughs> and another group is going to go hey why'd we do that well, that was too much why i'm angry i lost my job and right. th that's what i fear going forward but but you know we'll be doing more telemedicine more teleconferencing more I'll be doing more streaming stuff to the world. I mean, it's just the, we are the things we're all doing though to manage this. I think we'll kind of keep doing. Leanne, you agree? I agree. Yeah, I do agree. Uh, I think for me, I hope that we all slow down a little bit. You know, this has forced everybody to shift into a much lower gear. Yeah, I find myself trying to shove eighteen things into a twelve-hour period, and now you can't do that, and it's amazing. How just the uh, you can't do that of it gives you permission to slow down. Uh, so I don't know why we can't give ourselves permission going forward to just slow down a little bit. Nice. Appreciate your family and, you know, have a movie marathon for no reason. Whereas that's our every night 
lately. <laughs> so yeah. I hope that sticks as a, you know, as a society so that we just slow down just a little bit. Thanks, Joe. Oh, wait, I wanted to say one thing to Christina, um, just mm-hmm. to make you guys chuckle. Um, uh, there was this one time I was dating this guy and I forced him to watch one of your husband's standups on Netflix. <laughs> and I was making like really fresh strawberry margaritas. And he said a joke. I don't remember the joke, but I spit through my mouth and my nose of strawberry margarita <laughs> all over this guy's clothes. And I will never forget that date. <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell him that. He'll be very happy. So, please thank him for that. That was one of the most embarrassing and funny moments ever. <laughs> of course. Thanks, Joe. You know, one Thanks, of the, you guys. All right, buddy. See you soon, I hope. Watch Thank you, Joe. One of the, um, the things that uh, Tom says in his new special was how when he grills people with inappropriateness, inside he has a little marching band going, good job, good <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah. I think you have the same band, Christina. I think you have the same one inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's why we've been together for 17 years. Uh, <laughs> of course. All right, let's go here. We got a lot. Here's a mommy's question for the mommies. Emily. Hey, what's up, you guys? Hi, Emily. What's up? How's it going? We're good. How are you? Good. Um, I wanted to ask um, pretty much all of you guys. I just graduated from college, and I am starting a job, like, making money, which is crazy. And... How do I've always had a difficult time maintaining really good friendships with other women? Like, how do you like how do you do that? Like, as a real adult, as a real adult, not a pretend adult. <laughs> like, like as a postgraduate, like employed, like salaried employee. Like, I don't know. Like, not with I don't know. Like teenagers, I feel like I don't know. Like other people that have ambitions and values that I feel like they kind of weed out once you graduate and move on to more ambitious things who wants to take this well leanne's better at this kind of stuff i'm good at I like the shitting in public stuff <laughs> <laughs> i've shit in public before for on the record congratulations but, you know, um no i um i didn't i had a hard time with this until i was probably in my late 20s i had a really hard time figuring out what a good friend was and how to be a good friend. So I think once I got into my late 20s, I figured out, you know, kind of what was what what made me feel good about who I was and how I could make someone else feel good about who they were. And and those are the people right. you kind of look for. And sometimes because girls are like, oh, sorry. Go, sorry. I was I think, no, I think it's fine. difficult because girls are like, they're fucking mean. Like, I'm sure you realize that with your teenagers. Like, <laughs> they can be and and i found for me as i matured as a woman uh, my peers matured also so the more mature everybody got the easier it was for me to maintain real close right. authentic friendships with with women it's interesting so, to me that men don't have these kinds of thoughts very often no they, they, they it, don't here because here's what we do to let the some another male know that we think well of them we attack them physically, attack them emotionally, give them shit about everything, tease everything that they possibly teased about, and then it, then we're fine. I and yeah. and I've noticed that 
man, if you tease a woman, it takes deep offense. It, it's never can be taken in a playful way. Christina, you're close. You're close to being able to do it, but, but, but not really there, right? Well, female comics are a little harsher. So like Sarah Tiana and I, we shit on each other constantly, and that's how we're friends. But So there you go. You know what, though, man? I think the real world does weed out people right like in college the people that sat around and smoked dope all day like you're probably not going to stay friends with them unless you're doing the same thing as an adult right so you got to fly with eagles i, mean, I always I look for the winners smoke, look for the winners i still smoke weed like all day but it doesn't hinder me from my <laughs> goals and achievement good well, that's good don't tell my parents please <laughs> but it is it is common values common interest you know common goals that kind of stuff does does help it really does help all right so my basically dear. you're saying like being be authentic to yourself and don't let other people like hinder your own achievements like despite what they think about them or whatever just basically it's the as authentic as you are to yourself like those people will attract the same qualities yeah yes. i mean it sounds that sounds a little heady really uh, it almost sounds like too okay. too much. Uh, it's just you have you you'll be attracted with how we fit together through attraction is its own science, right? And so you're going to be attracted right. to people kind of like you with traumas, kind of like you, or or who are fitting, you know, or codependent on your traumas, one or the other. And then if they also have similar life experiences and similar goals and similar struggles, well, you're going to share a lot of common common ground then. And so it's pretty easy to connect, cool. right? Awesome. I would right. say yeah. one more thing. Yeah. Something that took me a long time. Something that took me a long time to figure out is when I would see a red flag with a girlfriend, I would go, oh, mm -hmm. she's just doing this or that. And I would dismiss it. And then the red flag would come again. And I'd continue mm -hmm. to dismiss it because I wanted to believe pe the best about people. Well, sometimes when you get a couple mm -hmm. red flags, you should listen to that. That's mm -hmm. your your own self saying, huh, this doesn't fit for me. It doesn't mean that person's a bad person. just may not be a good fit for you. So that took me a right. while to figure out. Thanks, Emily. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Bye. Caleb, good do luck. I need to take any kind of break? I'm not, I wasn't watching any timer on that. Am I good? Oh, you can take it anytime. Anytime. It, okay. Well, well not yet. Um, <laughs> but I I've also got, wanted to say something about that. Yeah. I noticed that when women go through menopause, they're a lot easier on each other, and you become mm. more. You, you have more friends after menopause. It is interesting, isn't it? Tell me why. Is that a is that a reproduction thing? Like you're not competing for male. Sperm? I think it's just the estrogen turns us into ma maniacs, and I mean, yeah. after getting testosterone replacement, it makes you a lot better. You're a lot happier and a lot nicer, but. But I feel like you you also have a lot in common with your kids' friends that you like, and you be, you have longer relationships. But for some reason, I think after menopause, women get a lot nicer. But it does raise an interesting question. I mean, does it uh, does somehow the hormones intensify that that irritability or that desire for going after limited resources, which is what the theory has always been? I don't know. I don't know. But I've definitely observed what Susan's saying. I can't wait for menopause. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Shut it down. Bitches. <laughs> I know. But that's because they're usually unhappy in their own lives, you know? Winners like to see other people winning, man. That's always how it is. That's true. Uh, here's yeah. more for you guys, more for Christina, especially. Thomas. Hi. Hi, buddy. Uh, Hi. Uh, how are you guys? Good. 
Okay. You, uh, Christina, you, Thomas wants yeah, so to. This question for Christina is about Brown. It's about Brown. Uh, I've been. Oh. about Brown. Big Brown. Uh, I've always had like uh, weird, really consistent. It sounds like you're driving within a convertible. Sorry. Hold on. Slow down. <laughs> I really need Sorry, to focus to on the question. He's in a wind tunnel. Yeah. Go ahead. I gotta focus. We really want to hear about this. You probably yeah, are surprised yeah, so picked always, you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've always had like real irritable bowel, like inconsistency, because I have like inconsistent diet and work a lot. Um, since I've been locked into my apartment, I quit smoking like two weeks or three weeks ago, and then I didn't shit for a whole week. So I got really serious about uh, flax and like all the sort of things that we talked about, about adding bulk, Metamucils, the whole work. And now the last two browns I've had have been no joke, like two foot long, solid, <laughs> huge turds that just come right out. Congratulations. And right. like, tell us it more. Feels very, it feels very like good, but I'm curious if there's like too much, like if I'm going too far. It's amazing. And, and maybe have too much fiber and if there's a danger in that. If you're a fan of your mom's house or Dr. Drew After Dark, you'll know we have this guy named Any that works as part of the, <laughs> the your mom's yeah. house. Uh, yeah, I have a very yes. similar pattern to Any. Like, like not, not a lot of poop, not often. I, like, I, I empathize with him. But so it's just that people wor- think about these things way too much. <laughs> way too much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, knock, knock down on the ball. Move your bowels a little more frequently. You're going to be fine. Maybe a little too much <laughs> but bulk. He, okay. But... But but is it too much okay. brown? Can he make too much brown? Yeah, you, I think you hope for that, Christina. One, <laughs> you're like, well, you're looking for that <laughs> person. Looked, I, <laughs> okay, but there's no. You're sure there isn't that person. Well, uh, so so Annie goes once a month or something, right? Isn't that his thing? Yeah, yeah he goes once it, a month. Yeah, and and I yeah, was saying yeah. the thing I worry about is something called toxic megacolon, where the colon can't contract anymore. And that's a, a con- that's a real concern, but uh, he uh, he works with it. He works with it, and so he's g- he's well, going to congratulations. S- yeah, exactly. It makes Christina happy. <laughs> All right, here's a here's a little local political question. I think is rather interesting. This is Courtney. Courtney, go ahead. Um, hi, Doctor Drew. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I live in Pacific Palisades, and I have three small girls. Um, and our whole community is really freaking out because the idiots Garcetti and Bonin are turning our local rec center into a homeless shelter amid the COVID-19 um, outbreak. And they're saying, oh, it'll be safe. They're gonna, the beds are going to be six feet apart. Um, there's going to be a nurse. They're going to be monitored. But, I mean, our fear is that it's just, if any of them are infected, it's just going to spread like wildfire. And that's the part where, like, all of our kids play. Obviously not now, but... Um, you know, and then we have a homeless population that now is roaming our streets and we're all just terrified about the repercussions of this. I'm assuming they, they're going to keep them in this rec center as a temporary housing and then get them placed somewhere else, not just leave them on the streets of Pacific Palisades. Right. And as long well, as they, they said they're allowed, they're allowed, what? they're allowed to come out. Yes. It's they're They're only required to sleep there. Ugh. That does not make much sense. Um, I know, and we've all written to them, and we're not getting any response. Would you feel better if they kept people, they they had them shelter in place like everybody else? Wouldn't that make more sense? 
right? Well, absolutely. But then, you know, I don't know. It just, it just seems counterintuitive. Like, why wouldn't they be in hotels? Like, this rec center barely has three working bathrooms. There's no kitchen. There's zero ventilation. It's like a gymnasium. Wow. Right. I, I, I know they're turning some gymnasiums into sleeping environments. I, I don't understand the logic of holding them in an environment just overnight. That makes no sense. I mean, what, what happens magically overnight that you're going to be able to do for these people in terms of reducing their psychiatric symptoms, medical risk, and ab- ability to infect people out in the world. So I'm, I'm concerned about that too. What do you guys say, Chris? Christina? Uh, yeah, freaking out. Uh, I mean, what the hell can they do? She's saying that they're calling and they're not getting a response. Um, stay indoors, man. Go walk to the to the beaches. Don't stay. Stay away from those homeless wandering. I don't know. What What do you do, Doctor Drew? You tell. I I, I think you got to got to document what's <laughs> happening, and you're going to have to peel probably to your. Is that are you in Los Angeles there in the Palisades? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. We have the idiot Bonin and Garcetti. Mm. And we keep posting things on our local next door, and our posts are getting taken down. They're getting censored. By whom? Um, I, we have no idea. We have no idea. Mm. And we try and reply to certain posts, and it's really, really disconcerting. And that's why I wanted to reach out to you because I know you've been, you know, worked so much with the yeah. homeless population, and I didn't know if you knew someone that I should call. Uh, um, can, could you go? Uh, they're not having board meetings and things, so it makes it very difficult. Um, and people are talking about filing a lawsuit, but the courts aren't open. Right. So we're, I really think that this is Newsom and all of those idiots, their way of just dealing with the homeless problem under the guise of, you know, COVID-19. I think it's so ridiculous and doesn't make any sense. Well, what I don't like and is that they're, I, they're wandering about. Everyone else is shelter in yeah. place and they're wandering about. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem like you're doing anything if you just have people sleep in a cot overnight. Like, what, what have you done? I don't know. I know. Illogical. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we worry about drugs and needles and stuff there with our kids playing whenever it reopens. I mean, there are just so many concerns for us. Can you work with local law enforcement? We have zero local law enforcement. We have not one. We have one police officer assigned to 24 plus thousand people in the Palisades. Um, and all of our crime has been going up because the criminals know this. They know it's going to take them. 45 minutes to an hour for to respond to a 911 call um, if they respond at all. So we've been relying on our local, you know, private security companies, but they can't be expected to handle something like this. It's, it's insane. Do you know how many people they're going to put in this rec center? We've heard anywhere between one, like around 100, around 100 is what we've heard. But we've been getting conflicting information depending on who you talk to at whose different office. All right. Let me... Um Hmm. Let, let me let me see what I can do. I'll I'll start calling around a little bit and see see. I mean, it seems like the the difference between this being an okay situation and a mess is keeping people in, in isolated like they're supposed to be. All right, here we go. Uh, why don't we take Nightmare. a little break? I know, guys. Um, let's take a little break. We're gonna keep calls going. You guys, anything you want to plug or anything before we go out in a little break here? <laughs> Uh, your mom's house and where my mom's at. Leanne Kreischer guests on where my mom's at from time to time. She's fantastic. Yeah, we get along. We've known each other for a million years and 
Um, yeah. Other and my that, podcast, Live for the Party. Can you guys, my podcast, can you guys retweet the Periscope yes, so more people can see yeah, it today? I, yes, I just retweeted that. God bless you. So let me, let me, before we go to break, we'll mention that again, in LA County, we're at 1,800 cases. It's again an encatchment area of 10 million. I say that's pretty good. In California, we have now. Uh, in a state of 60 million, we have 4,600 cases. I say that's pretty good, but there's 64,000 cases out uh, test pending. So I'm going to bet that that, that uh, 4,000 jumps up to about 12,000 very, very quickly. That's still doing quite well uh, in spite of, again, 60 million people in this state. The United States as a, as a whole has about 122,000. Uh, it seems like that might be slowing a little bit, like we might be catching up with the testing, which is what we've mostly been seeing for the last three days, which is a backlog of testing. And then New York continues to struggle. Though, if you watch that video we put up, you will see that uh, the physicians there feel very confident that they are going to meet the needs uh, and the demands of the moment without without any great difficulty, and that we are going to be able to knock the death rate down in this upcoming week. What you should look forward to is more stories about testing and more stories about treatment. That is how we're going to get out of this. Treatments that reduce viral shedding, treatments that reduce the hospitalization rate and the use of the ICU and ventilator, and also testing that lets us know who's had it, who has it, monitoring and tracking them so we can begin to start to be a, a society again, for goodness sakes, not just a bunch of shut-ins, Right. Yeah, yeah, man. Right. Yeah, man. Okay. Well, take I'm a little tired break. of homeschooling. I'm <laughs> tired of teaching uh, eighth grade. Oh, take a yeah. little break and Bring we'll, it on. we'll be right back. We've all been very focused on how to stay healthy these days, but uh, we've not been talking about hydration. If you get coronavirus, flu, or even experience allergies, cold, a variety of everyday ailments, they all need hydration. And that's why it's a perfect time to welcome our friends at Hydrolyte back. This is a great product. You all know I've talked about it for a long time. This was the hydration product I wanted to invent, and they got it there before me. Now, remember, dehydration can make you feel sick, even a slight amount, and none of us need that anxiety right now. So stay well hydrated. I am thrilled to welcome our good friends at Hydrolyte back to the show. Longtime fans remember my obsession with Hydrolyte, which is literally the best hydration product I have found. I'm even more excited to introduce their brand new single-serve powder sticks. Simply pour one powder stick into a glass of water. They recommend seven ounces. The powder dissolves instantly and creates the perfect balance of sodium, glucose, and water to deliver up to four times the electrolytes of your typical sports drink. And think about it. You can take this anywhere. You should have it on hand to just pour it into water and you have a real significant hydration product. The other great news about Hydrolyte, the powder sticks, they are 100% natural, no artificial flavors, colors or sweeteners, and they are available in flavors like orange and lemonade and they taste great. Hydration is crucial. Hydrolyte is the fastest and easiest way to stay ahead of it. And you can find Hydrolyte powder sticks in the digestive aisle at Walgreens or Amazon, or simply just go to my website, drdrew.com slash hydrolyte. Again, that is drdrew.com slash H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E. You see it spelled here. There it is. And you enter the code drdrew18 to save 30% off your order. Forget the runs on toilet paper. There should be runs on this. This is doing much more for your health than toilet paper. So go get some, have it on hand. If anybody in your family gets sick, you need to keep them hydrated. And that's how you do it. I am so grateful for our friends at Blue Microphones. Not only have they completely changed what our show sounds like, they've given me headphones so I can monitor things better. This is the mic for millions of creative people, and now I know why. I'm so grateful for them completely changing the quality of our audio. You'll find Blue Mics like Yeti and the mouse, which we're using here, both 
in pro studios and home studios all literally all over the world. Their popular Yeti caster is a blue Yeti microphone plus a boom arm system that's behind many of your favorite podcasts. I see run into them all the time and now I know why. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast or YouTube channel, Blue can make you sound and look great. Just visit bluemic.com and click get started and you can start telling your story. Needles have increasingly become a part of everyday life. Proper disposal is both difficult and expensive. We have the solution. Simpler, safer, affordable, and fulfills the obligation to protect our environment. A single stick with something like this means tracking down the user. It means blood tests for the person's stock. It means possibly medication for an extended period of time. Needle sticks are devastating. No more. Incinerate the needle. Needle goes in this port. It's over. Done. Needle gone. We all have loved ones who use needles. Keep their home safe. Medical offices are loaded with sharps. We are using ancient technology to protect our patients, our staff, ourselves. You know what needle sticks do. You know the cost and the devastation psychologically and physically potentially from a needle stick. Eliminate that completely. Stop using ancient technology. Sand MIDI. It will solve your problems. Find out more at needledestructiondevice.com. And we are back with uh, Christina P. and Leanne Kreischer. Guys, are you... Let's put... There they are. Let's just get back to the phones here. Got some really interesting calls coming in. I want to get to them. This is uh, (laughs) Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Ooh. Uh, Hi. Hi, Joe. Hello, everyone. So really, Dr. Drew, um, um, shout out to Artie Lang for a year sober. I saw that the other day. God bless him. God bless Um, him. I wanted to ask you, I teach college history and um, t- towards the, and I'm going to ask you to put your educator hat on. Yeah. Towards the end of the semester, doctor, we cover HIV and AIDS and these are 18 to 22 year olds and they have no concept of like, see people ask me, Oh, did you die of AIDS back in the old, on the old days in the eighties? The olden days. <laughs> they have no concept, none. So, and I, and I showed them at parts in, of the book and the band played on and some other eighties documentaries or, footage of people with KS lesions and how they would waste away. And they are plummets. They have no, they have no idea that people died like that. It's just crazy. Like when we were taught, like how deadly it was. My question, my question is doctor, and this is questions that I know they're going to ask. I'm teaching online now, but I know they're going to ask in the discussion. One is the first one is how, before the AIDS crisis, how, uh, how rare was KS in, in, I guess for dermatologists, how rare of a disease was that? And secondly, when people stopped dying in the mid 1990s, was it drugs that they had, or they just found the right recipe, or was it somebody in a lab invented the thing that made people survive? That's the question. I get. What made them stop dying? Was it something that they already had that they found the right recipe? Right. Or so, was it something that somebody? Yeah. So so let's let's go over the whole history. Do you guys remember that period of history? Do you? How old were you in that time? Um, yeah, it ruined my college years because I had the fear of God put into me of having right. unprotected sex. Yeah, of course. It, it's, it's it's very relevant for what's going on now with coronavirus because uh, I will tell you. So in 1984, I was up to up to here with AIDS patients. I mean, I was literally yeah. I was really doing. That's almost all we did back then was HIV and AIDS. Uh, when we were training. I and mean, we always saw, obviously, cardiovascular disease and stroke and stuff. But we, you know, people trained in the 80s, we were highly specialized in treating AIDS patients because we dealt with so many of them. And it was the saddest chapter 
I, I can't even tell you how horrible it was because for the first, from like 1983 to 1987, all we could say when they'd come in with their pneumocystis pneumonia was, I'm sorry, you have six months to live. And that was it. Oh, we we had nothing until we started getting able to treat the pneumocystis a little bit. So what happens clinically is you start finding ways to treat these things. So we started finding ways to treat the capacities, ways to treat the pneumocystis, ways to treat, treat the CMV retinitis and the cryptococcal meningitis. These, these are bizarre infectious diseases that no one had ever did. You'd expect to see maybe once in your career, we were just seeing hand over fist. So we got very good at treating these illnesses that there were the result of the immune system going away. Burkitt's lymphomas, oh my God, so much stuff. And they tended to be very, very aggressive. And all the while, while we were trying to buy people time by treating those illnesses, the researchers were inventing antiviral medications. Antiviral medications did not exist. We had antibiotics, and we had things to treat all the crazy infections that were happening from the uh, immune suppression, but antivirals did not exist. Not until we got AZT. And AZT changed everything. Unfortunately, uh, the story told by Matthew McConaughey in the Dallas Buyers Club doesn't tell the story of when AZT started making things better and they took the position that AZT was causing illness, so many people died. So many people died because of that. But at that point, the reality was the AZT was keeping them alive about 6 to 12 months longer anyway. It wasn't really changing things. And as newer antivirals came in, they started combining them the way we combine antibiotics, and they found they could actually get, eventually when they found the right ones, that if they hit the viral production in certain spots, multiple spots, they could knock it down so it wasn't being produced. So if the virus isn't being produced, it's not killing off all the immune cells and not working on the brain the way it did, and the disease process is essentially halted. That's what's going on right now with coronavirus. People are trying to come up with antiviral interventions that stop the illness. In the meantime, we are getting very good at supporting people through the illness and dealing with the ARDS and all the complications of the illness. Now, the other question you asked, two other things. You asked about uh, Kaposi's sarcoma before the advent of HIV and AIDS. You would never see that. You would never see KS. You never would. You would never see cryptococcal pneumonia. You would never see CMV retinitis. You would never see that. And yet I saw more than I, I care to think about. And uh, it was, and there's no, here's the other part, Joe. There's nobody around to tell the tale. They all died. Only those of us that were there struggling with them are left behind. It, it was a horrible dark period. The, so many great people died. It's unbelievable. Now, does that answer your question? No, it's completely, totally. And like I said, I'm glad I get to some someone who, who was actually actually there because, like I say, I show them the footage and they, they can't believe that people would die like that. Oh my they god, it was, no it was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, it was just all the words were filled with this stuff. Now, here's another interesting piece of the story. I was working alongside Anthony Fauci at that time. He was my guiding light then, as he is now. And at the time, even every eight documentary. He was coaching us up saying there's going to be 10 million deaths. There's going to be 10 million deaths. He is the reason I got on the radio. Let me bring Christine and uh, Leanne back. Did you know oh, this part of my story? Yeah. He, cause I, I would, not. cause I went on the radio. I was sort of an accident asked to come in and I, and they were asking questions about relationships in a second. I was like, do you understand what's coming? Do you know what is, they were like, no one had any idea. And it was considered outrageous to talk to young people about 
HIV and AIDS. Because as far as the mm. culture was concerned, well, they weren't having sex. Why would you talk to them? I'll just make them want to have sex and then they'll get AIDS. So I was, oh, yeah. uh, once again, I was just absolutely excoriated for uh, getting out there and trying to help people. So that was the reason I went on. But but there's a piece in here that's kind of interesting. So at the time, Dr. Fauci was saying 10 million dead, 10 million dead, 10 million dead, not just in the risk categories, all over the place. All people, you know, anybody's at risk, 10 million dead. We ended up with 175,000 in the interval, in the time interval that he was talking about. Uh, so he was off by a factor of 100. I am hoping he's off similarly now by telling us the worst case scenario as he did then. Maybe, maybe it's not as bad as people are painting it. The, the, the coronavirus, that is. Does that make sense to anybody? Yes, yeah. that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> Be great. And, and Joe, does that answer your questions? Yes, yeah, sir. And one, one more thing, I guess, because you saw so many. Is there one patient, AIDS patient from the old days, that sticks out in your mind like a, that just not haunts you, but you remember all the time of just a sad state of how how devastating it was? There were many like that. There, there was one guy I'll never forget. All right, uh, there were several like that. One, uh, I, I just like ten of them pop in my head as as just these. Tr intense tragedies but i'll tell you the one pick one this guy was one of the extras on cheers and he like sat next to norm uh all through that whole run of that series and i got into him uh to take care of him in a county hospital after a burkitt's lymphoma which again burkitt's is a kind of cancer it's lymphoma so it's in the lymph glands to be cell lymphoma it, it used to be really rare it was common in the aids day and that lymphoma was so aggressive, it just literally tore through his spine and he was paralyzed from the mid waist down. And he was the nicest guy. There was no chance of getting his, his feeling and motor function back in his legs ever. We were fighting the Burkitts at the time, but I knew that he wouldn't live more than a year. Just no way. Mm -hmm. So that's the guy. I don't remember God bless his name. You, doctor. Have a good one. All right, man. Take care. Yeah, and so I decided we had to talk about this on the radio. Imagine that was that. such a scary time, though. I mean, I remember when HIV first started, and my mom said, don't pet cats because they're finding that there's <laughs> the AIDS is in the cat saliva. And don't, don't, don't remember that? They no, it's, it's, I do remember that because there was a, there was a kitty yeah. AIDS. There was a kitty HIV. And, and I, I think it's, it's, incumbent on us to look at that epidemic and think about how we responded to that one and what that was like. I'm not done there. Yeah, we'd love some more. It uh, was a terrible time. Yeah. A lot. I lost a lot of people. I was I was not very old, but when my parents divorced, my mom moved us into a predominantly gay community in Atlanta. Mm. And every neighbor I had that was gay died. All of them. Mm. And I was very close to them. I remember one of them was a makeup doing mom's makeup for one of her weddings <laughs> for her i think third wedding and he said goodbye to us and i said where are you going he said i'm going to california because i want to die with people who understand what's happening to me and oh. not people who are afraid to touch me or be around me so i'm going to california you, and you can't never imagine again. what a miracle it is for someone like me who is struggling with this thing for a decade that it, in, the, in, a, in the shortest period of time, one of the shortest windows in the history of medicine, a, a epidemic that was fatal and, and broken out went from contained to manageable and a chronic illness. You, you can't imagine. That's nothing short of a miracle. Nothing short yeah. of a miracle. It's crazy. 
All right. Uh, here's somebody who wants to ask about single fatherhood. Uh, David, whoops. Hang on. Whoops. Hang on. What did I do here? Hello? There you are. Whoops. I lost him again now. Sorry, David. I'm sorry. I keep uh, screwing up my uh, phone system here. I'll get you if I can find him. He's at the bottom. He's at the bottom. Okay. There he is. All right. I'm making recipes. I'm getting recipes from all my friends. If you guys want to give me your favorite recipe, I'm going to make it. For any anything yeah. in particular, or just I'll uh, have some anything. good ones. She gave me a pecan pie recipe uh, ten years ago, and we gained fifty pounds because we were making them every two days. So, it's really good. It's really really good. It's really good. <laughs> All right, David, go ahead. Hello. Hi there. Oh, hey guys. Hey now. Hi. Hey, oh my God, it, it, it's crazy to, 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 to be on the phone with you guys. Uh, I listen to you guys all the time. Um, I would be I would be working right now, so <laughs> if this craziness wouldn't be happening. Uh, but <laughs> but but with with this time with my with my two boys, I had me had me uh, just thinking about a lot. And um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask was, I'm a single father with. Um, diagnosed bipolar uh just disorder i guess i don't know what you would call it um and uh being being well i would like i said i would be working i work two jobs so i i some days i work uh basically 12 to 13 14 hours a day um and and some and some and some days i don't uh get to see my boys a lot but being being away from them and just try, it's hard to basically connect with them. Uh, they're, they're younger. They're five and three right now. And, uh, I was just having trouble being almost like both the parents. Um, not only, uh, a, a father whenever I try to be and, uh, but a mom went like a sentiment kind of feely, feely person being a dude. Uh, Definitely hard. So, what? I, I do you guys get the question? I'm not sure. I heard it. I'm not sure. Yeah. What? What's oh, give oh, us a I'm specific sorry. question? I, yeah. I, I, it, it, I was just, I was just wondering how could, uh, uh, how can a single father be both a uh, mother and a father? And, and where is the mother? Uh, like, like where's the, that, where's the mother? Um, he's she. She's in a, another state. And she's abandoned the kids. So it. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't want to say abandoned, but you know, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to 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 label it. But you know, she she like yesterday she talked to them for a little bit, but they it's hard for them to even talk to them. Is she they, is she her. doing drugs or anything? Um, not that I know of. No, as, as far as I know, of, she she ha has her head on straight. She's uh, uh, has two kids of another. On, on uh, with another guy and you know so she has basically her own set of life over there i don't know you, ladies what do you think about a mom that leaves the kids somewhere that's pretty unusual uh, it's very unusual um i would probably rather have my insides ripped out than a 
abandon my children. Right. I, is, oh, let me ask you this. Is your bipolar disorder, are you taking care of it? Are you medicated? Are you managing that? Yeah, yeah. I, I medicate and um, I uh, see a therapist. Well, right now I talk to my therapist over the phone. Um, but I see a therapist and I see a psychiatrist. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't meet her in a psychiatric hospital or something. What was that? Where did you meet your, your baby? Is it wife, baby mama, what, what, whoever the, the kid's mom, where did you meet her? Uh, I, I've known her for, uh, well, I've met her, I met her in high school. So I guess high school sweethearts, I guess you could say. Okay. So what does he do to, to meet the needs of the kids when he doesn't have the support of the mom? Let's just get still focused yeah, in on this question. Uh, let's 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 forget about mom. How about yeah, this? Yeah. Let's just imagine she's not coming back. She is out of the picture. So you're gonna be responsible. You have a therapist. I use my therapist as a resource in raising my children if mm. I'm not sure what to do. Nice. I ask my shrink, hey, what do you think I should say to my kid that did I have this issue? Um, use your resources. Are you friends with women that you think are together? Ask them. But he was also, but he's also asking you, has he works long hours and the kids need him? How does oh. he, yeah. How does he balance all that? It's rough. Thank God. That you have, is rough. Thank God we're quarantined right now. <laughs> I mean, do you yeah, have, that is really your, tough. Yeah. Who's your child care source? All right, What's your on. child let care me, like? Let me get him back. Give me a second. So, David, the question is, uh, who, how old are your kids and who takes care of them? I imagine they just go to school during the day. Who takes care of them when you can't be there? Um, my, well, my five-year-old, uh, he is autistic. Well, he's borderline autistic, so he um, uh, goes to a speech therapy class that's only twice a week, but he's going to be start going to school. Luckily, the school is literally uh, walking distance away. My mom actually takes care of... Uh, my my uh, uh grandma. kids my my, okay, my so parents grandma take, yeah okay. yeah grandma right. and grandpa take right, care of good. kids yeah there's right. a lot of that going yeah, on in the so country I'm right now that, that i have them okay yeah oh yeah definitely Fantastic. So. yeah that, so, yeah, that they yeah, are gonna they're saving those kids lives I and mean, we, we need to like erect statues in the honor of the grandparents that step up these days a lot of that where are her parents yeah. what's that leanne I said that's very true. I, you know, I relied on my grandparents a lot when my dad's a single, single dad, and my grandparents live close by. And my grandmother was like, she wasn't a mom exactly, but she was a mother figure for sure. Do you want to tell so us? I want, think you want to tell that story a little bit about your mom. Um, about my mom. <laughs> well, my parents did live with my mom for a bit, but um. But she definitely was not a, a mother figure. She definitely struggled with some, in my opinion, she struggled with some mental illness. So I didn't really have a motherly mom. I had a great dad. So I had a lot of women. I had aunts and, and grandmothers in my dad's periphery that became mom figures. I pulled a little nurturing from this one, a little bit from that one, and I pieced together the mom that I needed over the course of my life. So I think mom can come from lots of different places. It doesn't have to come from the person who, who actually gave birth to you. So if, if your mom is really involved in your kids' lives, then they may have all the mom that they need, you know, uh, in that capacity. I don't know. Of course, we all hope for the ideal that we have this amazing mom 
who can take care of all of our motherly needs, but that's just not always possible. My dad lived an hour away from my mom, and when my mom had custody of me, I relied on the phone a lot. You know, I called my dad a lot, and he uh, was able to be my dad on the phone. So, um, no, it wasn't my favorite. I wanted to crawl up in his lap and watch TV, but that's not always the way it works. So, I don't know. It sounds like you have some resources there you're using, which is pretty good. And I guess now if the question is, how do you connect with them during the quarantine? I think you have to find what they're interested in. It's a great opportunity to say, what do you like to do? Do you like to build Legos? Do you like to play in the, you know, in the yard? Do, do you like to um, play with Play-Doh? What do you like to do? Do you like to draw pictures? Do you like to play board games, put together puzzles? Most people have a lot of those items in their house already. So it's a great time to maybe explore who they are in a way that you wouldn't maybe be able to when you're working so much. My dad worked the same. My dad worked six days a week, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. But when he wasn't working, he made sure he figured out who I was and what I like to do. And we did that. So thanks, David. Appreciate the call. Did you, are you guys watching the new Ozark series yet? No, no, I keep hearing like, great I, I things. Mean, yeah. There's a, the, I'm too much into the tiger guy and 90 day fiance. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, two couple things. The, the Ozark has a new character. It's got bipolar disorder and it's a very good rendition. It's very accurate. Really? Yeah, hey, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to watch that. And, I'm familiar with that. And, <laughs> and then the uh, the Tiger guys, somebody texted me or I got some sort of notification from someone was saying that apparently psychopaths are very interested in the big cats and things too. They have big, powerful oh. cats. That, and so they're some it. amongst the characters that are portrayed in this series, a lot of drug addicts for sure, but there might be some psychopathy in there too. Well, yeah, and a couple I mean, of polygamists. That maybe yeah, yeah. one or two polygamists in that <laughs> ring and, somehow. And, and let me say, <laughs> by psychopathy, we don't mean people that are going around murdering people. Psychopaths are people that don't really have emotions, very manipulative, mm. and can uh, pretend to have emotions but don't really have them. And kind of Joe's got a little bit of that stuff, right? Joe Exotic. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. So. Yeah. A little bit. I'm gonna try to get uh, Mich- Michelle Ward in here as an expert on psychopathy and talk about that and other things soon as we look for things to talk about other than the coronavirus to keep ourselves sane. Um, I'm gonna, though I'm going to talk now about the coronavirus to an ICU nurse. Uh, <laughs> Dan, there you are. Hey, Dan, what's up? Hi, hi James. How's it going? Hi, James. <laughs> hi, James. <laughs> uh, uh, hi. Uh, I'm an ICU nurse uh, keeping a high and tight here in Seattle. Nice. And I was curious about... Um, your opinion of like healthcare workers uh, having like an increased risk of contracting COVID, especially since we're reusing a lot of our PPE, like uh, N95s. And what can we learn from other countries and uh, the, them using their PPE, like the CDC recommending um, like scarves and handkerchiefs? And am I better off just using a dirty N95 or should I be figuring something else out? That's well, a really good question. That I talked to an expert about this, and he was saying that if you he his position was I don't know that this is accurate, but he sprayed Lysol on both sides of the N95, then then hang it out for two days. So if you can put some kind of rotation on the mask, you'll be in better shape. Aren't they give you any guidance at the at the hospital with, from infection control? There's there's really not. I mean, they we have to take it to our nurse supervisor and yeah. prove that it's soiled before they'll give us a new one um 
And so it's just kind of like keep it in a brown paper bag in your locker and then reuse it the next shift. Wow. Uh, and of course, I'm profoundly concerned about frontline healthcare workers. I, I was uh, interact. I saw a video from a guy that runs an ICU in New York City, and he was saying that he's convinced that the hands are the main unit of transmission, that in their hospital, which has been in a strictly coronavirus hospital they cleared everything out of there they used to be a they used to be a um, a transplant hospital and now they're just doing coronavirus and he said no one is getting it uh it's it's relatively unusual provided that you're a hand nazi that your hand is the main unit of transmission keep it away from your face that seems to be the main thing and wear the proper protective gear too so uh yeah i mean i've said look personally i feel like it's 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 i hope people understand that that's what this profession is that people step up and put themselves in harm way and forget about how they're feeling all the time when they're doing medical services and uh i hope people appreciate it because i i do dan thank you so much thanks mommy all right buddy mommy I know, jeans. Your Corona jeans. You got to keep them. <laughs> uh, I was listening to um, Stern and Dr. Agus was down there talking about how what a blessing it is that the virus really res- gets killed by soap and water and yes. hand sanitizer. The, yes. the, the membrane, whatever is permeable. I don't know, whatever science it is, but basically it kills it. Easily kills. Soap easily yes. kills it. But the, the, yes, Thank which is, God. there's so many things about yeah. this thing that are, you know, we should be thankful for. You're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, I'm looking through some of the other calls. Let's kind of sing in the skies. Let's kind of, I'm, you know, I feel guilty always when I have all of these calls on hold, guys. But I, I can't get to everybody. Uh, oh, here's somebody I think you could help. Okay, well, I got to take this call because we got to talk her off the ledge. It's another anxiety call, but it's reason to be afraid. Uh, Nicole, Doctor Drew, mommy, hi. Hi, Nicole. Hi. hi. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I need your help so bad. Mm. Um, I, I'm pregnant with my second child. I'm super excited. I'm due in June. Um, but everything with this coronavirus is really <laughs> killing my pregnancy. I mean, the stress, I, I'm like, the stress, I can't even, I'm worried about like if it's physically going to affect me or the baby because I can't look at another article. I'm worried about not having a delivery room if, you know, things get crazy. Like, I can't birth in the bathtub. And, like, my old concerns used to be, like, am I going to get a unihole? What if I don't love this baby the same as the first? Like, now I have real concerns. Yeah. Yes, all reasonable concerns. You're in New York City, is that right? I'm in New York. I'm a little outside, like an hour upstate, but they're going to be moving everybody to our outside hospitals because the city's just too yeah. overwhelmed. What does your obstetrician say? Well, I, I've been trying to, you know, they've been trying to avoid appointments, but I went in for my diabetes test last week, which this didn't help me either. This was on Friday and accidentally someone was sent in who's being tested for COVID mm. um, in the same waiting room as me. And um, they're going to call me right. tomorrow to discuss it. Um, but right. that definitely didn't help my anxiety because we're supposed to be in separate waiting rooms, not near each other. Yes. Well, let me, let me deal and with the anxiety. For, let, let me deal with your anxiety. Uh, uh, pregnant women have been yeah. studied a lot with COVID and uh, they do very well. 
the pregnant women seem to do very well and it doesn't transmit to the baby. It doesn't mean the babies can't get it. It's mean it doesn't tran you don't transmit it to the baby, though they we don't know the long-term effects if there are any yet because we just haven't had enough time with this virus. But so far, things look pretty decent for pregnant women. So you don't have to be too alarmed. But you know, like anything else in pregnancy, you have to be super careful. Yeah, I I just think like the stress I'm feeling, like I was in the hospital like three three or four weeks ago for chest pains and my EKG was abnormal, but now my uh, cardiologist appointment got canceled to a virtual visit because the office is no longer open. So I don't know if there was actually something that, you know, needs to be checked out with it. And there's just been so much bad stuff happening this pregnancy. I'm like, oh, my God. No, you know, no, no, no. Don't listen. The, 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 if there was something really wrong with the electrocardiogram, the cardiologist would have met you at the hospital. So I'm, I'm sure that's going to be okay. I'm yeah. sure that's going to be fine. Uh, I bet that's going to be a big nothing. Ladies, do you have anything to reassure her? Yeah. Listen, actually, I was, I just said to my husband this morning, I don't even know how women are pregnant during this pandemic because I would be freaked out of my mind and my heart goes out to you. So here's what I would suggest, mm -hmm. even just to put, your mind at ease. Okay, worst case scenario, you can't get to the hospital or you have to give birth at home. Can you start talking to a midwife? Even just somebody to support you during your pregnancy. I had a doula on my second child because I had to travel and I filmed a special eight months pregnant in Las Vegas. And so I had this doula come with me and I found that even just talking to somebody like her, having her as a support system really alleviated my anxiety. So I don't know, maybe, maybe right. do look into home birthing or hypnobirthing or things that you can do. As I, methods, I think, maybe. I think the point is that you talk work with your obstetrician or their charge nurse, whoever they have in charge there to make plans backup plans. Yes. What if the hospital is infected? What do I do if there's yes. no for beds? What are we going to do? So that that to me to me right now not have this is a kind of an interesting place to end this conversation but the thing that's depressing me and the thing I think that's making everybody crazy and making Bert have panic attacks and is the fact that we can't we can't predict the future. We don't have control over the future. We feel like we can't we don't know how to plan, we don't know how to manage it. We need to begin managing and planning moving forward. We've done the hold in place, and in all respects, we need to begin planning f what's forward. And in your case, it's it's a little complicated, but you got to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. I I know I know everything is gonna. I feel like it's gonna be one of those things I'm gonna laugh about because I actually I'm, I'm not as talented as everybody else, but I, I do stand up comedy, you know, in New York. And I, I write about all the stuff that I've been through, and I'm like, oh, my God, this better at least give me some good material at the end of the day for the love of God. We'll, we'll see you in the comedy cellar after, on the other right. side of all this. Definitely. <laughs> you guys are so sweet. I love you all. Please stay safe. All right, you too, Nicole. Thank well, you. ladies, thank you for cleaning my palate by spending a little time with uh, me and all oh. the people that have been listening and calling. I really appreciate it. And uh, say hi thank to your husbands. You. I, I miss seeing you guys. And um everyone should yeah. let's get all the pods in here go to your mom's house uh, go to see drdrew.com for uh dr drew after dark and then for wife of the party podcast that is do you have a website for that yes wife otp.com wife otp.com and then for where the mom's at 
Where my mom's at dot com. Online for tour dates whenever I start touring. And Dr. uh, Drew, I just want to thank you because I stopped watching the news. I only listen to you. I go to drdrew.com every day because you're you're doing such a service and I know it's hard. It, it, it is hard really trying to try to try to get the line right, thread the needle of, of all the misinformation and craziness that's out there and see through it all and try to keep moving forward. But I think this week's going to be interesting. I, this, I, I have hopes for this week. I hope I'm not disappointed by the end of it. I'm hoping for news on treatment and testing. And then we should all start to think about how we how we move forward. When so do we get to go back out into the sunlight. I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. One more thing for me. I drink from my mug and it gives me reassurance <laughs> every morning. I only it's an immune booster. Immune booster. Drew needs to get back thank to work. You. Yeah. Susan, I'm driving Susan crazy. You think you guys think your husband is driving you crazy. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much. Also, from yeah, my household, you, you give my husband a lot of comfort. Oh, so, well, thank you very much. Anytime, anytime. Thank you. And you are the only person hygiene. I listen to too. Use a little hygiene on those right. hygiene. Hygiene on the hygiene. <laughs> I think we gotta have a little. We need a little Corona gene too, with a little, little, uh, you know, a little spike and spike Corona genes. Also mention what you're doing tomorrow. Yeah. Guess who's coming on tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow Jim Jeffries is stopping by. So oh, that'll, I love that'll, fun. that'll be interesting. Yeah, sure so how he's dealing with cool. all this. See how that goes. We got a report from Australia oh too from gosh. him. Let's see what is what. <laughs> all right. Everybody's home. It's 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 really easy right now to get people to come on our podcast. Right? We really appreciate the time that you've taken out of your day to do this thank you guys oh my god please i'm gonna go cook now i'm gonna make some wiener schnitzel (laughs) and i'm gonna bake some chocolate chip cookies and i'm getting a recipe from leanne right Right yes i'm sending you one i know which one i'm gonna send you oh you you know you can do keto wiener schnitzel with almond almond um powder uh, almond flour Flour. not even worth it (laughs) don't even tell me forget it forget it (laughs) we're going all the way all right guys fuck the point Thank you, and uh, we'll see you all in here Thanks, tomorrow, and then also the uh, Ask Doctor Drew next uh, next Sunday as well. Oh, wait, are we doing next Sunday? We're just doing a special one tomorrow. I think so. I yeah. probably we're thinking about. It. We'll be here tomorrow with an event. Still in we'll, quarantine, we'll look. We'll look for you then. Thank you. Oh my God. Be well, everybody. Be well. Yeah, and call in again. Yeah. Stay, stay we'll well. have you back. Bye bye. Ask Doctor Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. Today's call screener is Lindsay K. Floyd. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. If you have a question, go to drdrew.tv, that is D-R-D-R-E-W.tv, and sign up to receive an alert next time I am taking calls. No spam, just quick alerts when I'm streaming live. Also, you can text your question to me right now at 984-237-3739, and I'll see if I can help you out on one of our future shows. Check out our other podcast and watch the full-length HD video versions anytime at drdrew.com. This is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm a licensed physician with over 35 years of experience, but this is not a replacement for your personal physician, nor is it medical care. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, 24-7, for free support and guidance. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. 